Welcome to Friends on Air, a podcast presented to you by the Friendship Circle of Pittsburgh. On this podcast, our teen hosts discuss real life with real people. We hope to inspire others by sharing stories of individuals and pairs of friends who have dealt with mental health challenges or just the ups and downs of life and discussing what brought them healing and inner peace. In these episodes, we also talk about the role that friendship and connection plays in a person's emotional well-being. Subscribe to this podcast to be a part of our Friends on Air family. Friends on Air! Welcome to Friends on Air, a podcast presented to you by the Friendship Circle of Pittsburgh. I'm Carly. I will be your host today. I am a senior at Alderdice High School. I've been a part of Friendship Circle for seven years, and I am a representative of the Wellness Committee. Hi, Carly. I'm Allie. I'm the wellness coordinator at the Friendship Circle, and I am here to be a mental health resource as needed and to enjoy everybody's company here today. Hi, everyone. I'm Ayala. I am the teen teen member engagement and partnerships coordinator here at Friendship Circle, and I'm excited to be part of this conversation and to hear more about the community. Thank you. We are excited to have you guys to join us and support. I'm now super excited to introduce two friends who are a part of the Friendship Circle community who we all know and love, Alana and Heather. Welcome to the podcast. Woohoo! Woo wee! <laughs> Heather, would you like to introduce yourself? We'd love to know a little more about you and your background. What is your name? Where are you from? And what do you do? Hi, I'm Heather, and I live in Squirrel Hill, and I'm a teacher at Hill Academy. Hello, my name's Alana, and I have been involved with the Friendship Circle since like 2006 or so. I started out as a teen volunteer and worked my way up to program staff. Very cool. Heather, in one sentence, what are you here to talk about today? Understanding autism. Friendship. Nice. Good answers. (laughs) So we always do a fun speed question at the beginning of each podcast And I'm going to pick one now. This is perfect because the weather is so nice out today. What is your guys' favorite spring drink? I'd like to say an iced herbal tea, which I just had today from Starbucks. Yeah. Frozen slushies. Nice. Those both sound delicious. My favorite is definitely the mango dragon fruit refresher from Starbucks. I feel like we just did an ad for Starbucks <laughs> real quick. <laughs> I make the best smoothies, I'm going to say. Ooh, maybe I'll have to make ooh, you guys some I love sometime. fruit smoothies. Yeah, smoothies. What do you put in your smoothies? Mm, actually, like, it's kind of rare, but, like, peach and mango is really yep. good. Oh, and yeah. Strawberry. Dates also are so good in smoothies. My mom loves and sweet. That's my secret ingredient. My yeah. mom loves dates. Yeah, oh, they're so spinach. And, or oh. spinach. I mean, I love putting if spinach I'm feeling in my super spinach. healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put some spinach. I like putting spinach and kale in mine. I'm super healthy. Yeah, <laughs> spinach and kale. Berry, like blueberry blend, frozen yeah. berries, a little flaxseed, and a banana. Oh yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. I do. And almond milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're going to move into our main topic today. Um, As we're entering into April, which is National Autism Awareness Month, um, at the Friendship Circle, we celebrate the strength of individuals and the different perspectives that add value to our community. 
We believe that accepting people exactly as they are and listening to the stories they offer makes us more knowledgeable and able to be allies for us all. We are so excited to hear your perspectives on living with autism and the message you'd like to share with the world. That being said, can you share your stories with us? How has living with autism spectrum disorder affected your life? Alana, would you care to share first? I have to say it was, it did affect my life pretty significantly as I, I, I was very, I was good at making friends, but I'm wasn't, and I'm still not the best at keeping my attention focused on one thing. Cause like, I can't, I always have trouble keeping eye contact and I also fidget a ton and, um, and STEM is another thing that I'm known to do. Was autism spectrum disorder something that you always knew you had? Well, as a young child, I knew I was different from other kids. I knew there was something with me that something I had or something in me that other kids did not have. Did you ever feel like you couldn't relate to like other kids or that they weren't understanding you ever? Absolutely. A lot, a lot of times. Were there certain things that you did to help build connections or that you learned from friendship circle that helped you in different ways? Yes, I would have to say that, um, you know, being able to connect with other members and learning about other members, like their stories, who they are, why they're here and, you know, how they make friends. It has and it's impacted me and it continues to impact me. Everybody here continues to impact me because everybody here has a story and everybody here is sharing their true selves and 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 because of their being genuine about who they are it makes me you know feel good and comfortable to be genuine about myself I love that answer yeah I love that too I think that the most like important thing about friendship circle for me is that like when I come I know I'm like my best self and I think that you build stronger friendships when you can connect more on a deep level of like who you are with someone else. So thank you for sharing, Alana. Heather, how about you? I have to say I did not know for most of my adult life. I was diagnosed in 2006. From 2006 onward, I had no idea. I, again, I also had issues with, um, doing eye contact, I every time I would talk to people, my eyes would be all over the place. Mm-hmm. I have to say I got bullied quite a bit in elementary school mm-hmm. and part of middle school. The rest of my middle school year, I ended up leaving Pittsburgh and going to a boarding school that I have to say was the ultimately the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I look back of... And I've actually mentioned this to Rifki many of times, saying I wish you guys had this when I was younger, friendship circle, because I see how you you teens are all, you don't see the disability in the person, you see the person, and how much of an impact you teens are with the with 
not just the young adults with special needs, the younger kids with special needs. You don't see their disability, you see the person. That's so nice. Thank you for sharing. I now want to ask if you want to share any struggles you have faced. My struggles, I say, I would have to say, continue to be, you know, attention span and um, keeping certain things inside, like keeping certain emotions inside. I'm a very emotional person. So, like, whenever I something bad happens or I get upset, it's really hard for me. I'm still working on coping with, um, like having breakdowns and stuff because I've had quite a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there are other ways that you have, like, what are some ways that you have learned to like help you cope with your emotions in the moment? Well, one way as I've, you know, I text friends and I vent to them and they're, um, my friends are extremely understanding and my one best friend, Candy, her name, their name is Candy Brooks and um, they're also neurotypical. Mm-hmm. And um, so they share very, very similar struggles with me. Like most often we will have like, it seems like we're sometimes somewhat in sync when we have rough days. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be able to share that with someone. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think we all can relate to having a friend that's like supportive and helps us. So, or knowing really that we need nice. to have, like, yeah. mm-hmm. yearning to have that friendship. I think. Yeah. For sure. It's lucky that you have that. I feel like some people are still searching for that person. Yeah. Yeah. Heather, how about you? Well, I have to say, I've been at this same job now for almost 17 years. And the teacher, I remember, and it sticks out to this day, when I met the teacher who I work with, I said to her, by the way, I have disabilities. And she said to me, we all have disabilities in some, some all different types of ways. And she has accommodated my disabilities. Like I am a terrible, I have terrible penmanship. She gives me labels of the kids' names. Like she's terrible at spelling. I'm like, I'm a dictionary. So like anytime she'll ask how to spell a word, she'll ask it out loud and for me to, to spell it. But I have to say, and I have worked in many other daycares and schools and they didn't see me the way this woman sees me that she sees the true potential that I can do that, yes, I have a disability, but that doesn't describe me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Have your, have the the struggles that you dealt with, like in childhood, have they changed to the struggles that you face now? They are still some. I have, it's with my sibling and my family, it's, it's getting better, but they have a hard time seeing that I have expanded mm-hmm. in a sense of that I'm able to do more. But I have to say my biggest advocate has been my sister-in-law. When she married my brother, I felt that she was not just marrying my brother. She was marrying us, and she has been the most supportive advocate that 
sees my true colors, that can see that I can do more than everybody gives me credit for. Yeah, I think we all deserve to be seen for our full potential. And I think that it all shows in different ways. And that, you know, certain people have one thing to offer where someone else might have something else to offer. So I think being aware, like when we're building our friendships, even here at Friendship Circle or at school or outside at work, wherever, that it's important to like keep in mind um, what the other person has to offer in your friendship. Absolutely. Yeah. So Alana, how have your challenges changed over time? Well, I used to be afraid to ask for help. I used to think that asking for help made me weak or weak-minded or like seem desperate or attention-seeking. And slowly I learned like from seeing other people who go through similar struggles, like how they ask for help. And it taught me, you know, it's okay to ask for help. You don't need to face everything alone all the time and feel like you have to be alone and do everything all by yourself because you, you shouldn't have to do that, especially when the something you have to deal with is extremely rough. Like um, about a few weeks ago, I lost my grandfather um, and I, immediately felt totally helpless. I, all the thoughts like running in my head, like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Even though I know there was nothing that really could be done. And then I, you know, my first instinct was to, you know, text people that I trust and love and, the one person, uh, my one best friend, Candy, who I texted, they were one of the very first people I told the news to. And they actually, so they live all the way in uh, Heidelberg and they came all the way from Heidelberg to be with me that day, the day that I found out that he had passed away. And they stayed with me for like the entire day. And it was, it was, it, it really did help. And, you know, they were really supportive and, You know, I felt very comfortable. They were somebody I felt comfortable, you know, I would, I would break down throughout the day and, you know, they would be okay. They would be, they would offer me a hug and, or they would, um, we like, we basically just sat and watched SpongeBob SquarePants for the rest (laughs) of the day and had pizza and stuff. And that was, that was nice. And it, and it did ease some of the pain. Thank Thank you for bringing up such a like important point. I think, especially what you were when you um, started telling that story, um, the point about being um, working on like vulnerability and reaching out for help. Mm -hmm. That is such like that is such a struggle for so many people, and I'm so passionate about the point that you made that reaching out to somebody is like. It, it can feel weak in the moment, but it's one of the strongest things you can do, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think um, just like you said and like you did, reaching out for support and um, yeah. being willing to seek help is 
incredibly strong. Absolutely. Alana, that's even from the point of making changes and setting goals for ourselves. Like you said, this was something that you struggled with. And now it seems like it's a behavior that you engage in almost every single day. And you use it anytime you're having a struggle, use that connection. But just that simple, like reaching out, which might not seem so simple to everybody else is Mm -hmm. it's a process. But you coming on here and sharing like your honesty and sharing those struggles that are now strengths, I hope people can see that as inspirational too. Yes. Yeah. And motivational. Thank you. That was really awesome to hear that you've like found a way to persevere through something that was hard for you. Um, And I think we can all learn from that. Heather, what is something that helps you through situations and um, what kinds of things bring you healing? I have to say I have found a friend through Friendship Circle who I see that, yes, I have struggles, but he has a tougher time with struggles. And anytime I'm in a sad mood, I just check my email and I normally find this funny email from him of just a couple of one time it was just ha ha (laughs) another one was one two three four five six and I have to say he has become someone who anytime I'm feeling blue I can pick up the phone and call him one time I was in the supermarket and all of a sudden my phone rang it was him him and his Alexa were calling me (laughs) And we have a secret language that I call him Aardvark, but the only one who can call him Aardvark is me. <laughs> and anytime I call him Aardvark, his face lights up. Uh-huh. And I keep wondering, when will this finally be over, COVID, that he can come out? Because I always made my day when I'd be walking down walking down Murray Avenue and I would see him by the desk. And I loved it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, having that friendship is something that helps he you? Is, him and I have become best friends, and I don't see that he's in a wheelchair. I don't see that he has an oxygen tank. I see a person, and I talk about him all the time. I even say that he's a celebrity because <laughs> he was on the cover of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood Extraordinary Ooh, Friends. Wow. Okay. Yes. So that I, is definitely celebrity status. 100%. He is. And <laughs> I see that... A simple cold to me and you is nothing, but a simple cold to him could end up in the hospital. And I just see that, yeah, I have my issues, but I can do so much. And I see that he has become, anytime I need a a laugh, I call him. And I think that's so special because so much of what can help us get through struggles and challenges is looking to those around us and being inspired by them. Yes. And he's an inspiration. Yeah. I love the takeaway that you said, like, you know, I have my issues, right? But I can do so much. And, you know, this other person, we all come to the table not being complete or even close to whole sometimes. And look what friendship can do when we just offer up what we're able to do in the moment, what we can bring to people. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it sounds a lot like he's funny. And (laughs) that brings you a lot of healing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It just not just that, like how he communicates. He doesn't use his words like you and I do. Mm. He uses a digital device. And I have to say, it's just 
amazing and just mesmerizing to see how he uses it. He pushes it with his head, and that's how it controls the mouse. It is the coolest thing. Oh, wow. Wow. And he communicates through it, but it's so he will come up with the funniest things on the Dynabox. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So the next thing I want to ask is there any advice that you might have for someone who might be experiencing the same challenges that you face? It's okay to ask for help and you're never alone and you never have to face these things alone. And seek out friendship circle, I have to say, is that even though it's still somewhat craziness with COVID, try to see even the Zoom things. I have to say I was on vacation and I had to rearrange my schedule to fit his birthday party in. Mm -hmm. And the Zoom activities are so much fun that you can catch up with people. Yeah. I really like that we have, um, like, over COVID when we had all Zoom programs and I would be able to, like, come in and get something and we'd all be doing the same thing together and we had the actual materials and I think that made it more special because we were able yeah. to, like, share in it together. And I think even for if anybody listening does not live in Pittsburgh and doesn't have the friendship circle of Pittsburgh around the corner like we do, yeah. um, I guess just reaching out to – there's lots of places out there that um, I think can help facilitate friendship and connection and support. Mm-hmm. So to seek out those people or those places – Mm-hmm. Or even joining like clubs and exactly. schools and things like, like that. Like joining in communities, I think, is really the yeah. bottom line. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. But then something popped up into my head too. And, you know, it's it's easy to talk about it now that we're in this space and we've made friends. And yes, yeah. absolutely come to the friendship circle. But in the beginning, just taking steps to be there, even if you only come for like five minutes, yeah. like as we're getting back into the swing of things, um, I think like just always the overarching thing of this podcast is like be gentle to yourself so when you're trying to make friends if you come to an event and it's uncomfortable like that's natural that's life um hang in there there's plenty of supportive communities that are going to be happy to have you just as you are yeah that's beautiful so we know most people with autism are not looking to be quote fixed what are your thoughts on the concept of autistic pride there are all forms of autism. That's why it's called a spectrum disorder, is you have people who, if you're familiar with the movie Rain Man, you have people like that, but then you have people who you wouldn't even know they had it. You could have a doctor who could have it and you wouldn't know. It's a wide spectrum that there are so many, I know people who cannot go to a Led Zeppelin concert because of the noise. But I, but some other people who have it could go to that type of thing because they're okay with it. It depends on each individual. Mm-hmm. Alana, how about you? I absolutely think that autism acceptance is extremely important and that we do not need to be fixed because for years and years, and even now, every now and then, my uh, dark thoughts have been, why couldn't I have been born different? Why couldn't I be, be just be normal? And then I have to remind myself, there's no such thing as normal. 
Mm-hmm. Normal is one of the world's biggest lies. Normal is a setting on the washing machine. <laughs> exactly. It's cute. And nobody, there's literally nobody who's like normal. Normal is like perfect, like perfection. Yeah. And that doesn't exist. There's no perfect person. There's no um, perfect anyone. So why would you want to try to erase something like autism when you very well know that nobody, literally nobody is perfect and perfect doesn't exist? Why not just like embrace these differences instead and instead um, allow yourself to learn a thing or two and see yourself, put yourself in another person's shoes or look at it from a different perspective from the person's perspective. And I just think that's very important. Yeah. So Alana, first of all, thank you for letting us get to know you a little bit better. This is how absolutely. You know, we spread awareness and inclusion is by listening to everybody's stories. And Heather, I think you brought up something really important. You said autism spectrum disorder. And I, I do want to hit on that, that it does exist on a continuum. And you also said something that I think is a perfect, um, like, I think you said something that um, is a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about next. And you said, um, you know, the rain man, And I've talked to um, some other people on the spectrum and I have a friend and he calls it the Rain Man effect about how people view you, which is somewhat stereotypically. So I think Carly has a really interesting question on that. But I I do think it's important to bring up the effect that media has and how we portray people uh, with disabilities otherwise. So... We want to understand autism through your perspectives and experiences as opposed to misrepresentation in media. So what do you want the world to know or how better can people understand you? Honestly, just say hi to me and ask ask me questions about myself and get to know me the old fashioned ways by getting to know somebody is to ask them questions and get to know them. And, you know, like, what are your hobbies? Like what, even something simple as, you know, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite TV show? Because that alone, simple questions like that can escalate into more and more questions and more and more information. And, and it can help deepen that connection with the person. So really the best way to get to, to know, about somebody with autism is to do what you do with anybody else is get to know them, ask them questions or, or talk to them. Or even like, even if it's something as simple as I like your outfit, where'd you buy it? Yeah, that's really good. I think it is amazing how we can learn so much about other people, not only from like, communicating with our voices but through body language and eye contact and like our tone of voice and different things like that and I think that um being mindful of like how everyone communicates and like 
what they want to share is also important. So um, like Alana was saying, um, maybe like you can't ask someone questions. Maybe you guys write each other notes or, you know, finding ways to make that um, connection building accessible, which is what we're all about here at the Friendship Circle. But Heather, would you like to share as well? My theory is you don't, when you see a person in a wheelchair, you don't automatically assume they need help. You ask them, ask people, and start up a conversation as simple as hello. And you might find and discover that you could have something in common. And most people, most adults don't know they had autism for most of their adult life. So they've just been regular people not knowing that they had some condition that was a problem for them. Yeah, that is very true. And I think like everybody has different things that they struggle with on a day-to-day basis. And I think that we can all find our ways to relate to each other and, you know, keeping an open mindset when you're meeting someone and like looking at them and just being like, hello, I think that's really important. So I like what you had to say about that. As far as like when you, and I I think you might have different answers on this, but which I think will be interesting to hear. When you introduce yourself to somebody, is autism something that like you introduce yourself, that you include in like that introduction about who you are? I have to say no, but sometimes it's been picked up on. Like for the longest time, I didn't do eye contact with people. So they knew something had to be wrong. Like the doctor I worked with in 2006 knew right away I had it just because of the simple, I did not do eye contact with people. And that was a common, common, common thing for people on the spectrum. So for you, you'd rather it not be like a part of your title or whatever. I don't want that to describe who I am as a person. Alana, how about you? I have to agree with Heather. I'm so much more than just my autism. I'm, I'm creative. I'm beautiful. I'm friend I'm a good friend. I'm a good listener. I have stories. I have talents. So there's there's just more to a person than their than their um than their disability or their neuro 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 uh, their being neurotypical or being on the spectrum. There's just you have to realize that it's just like there's like there's people who are, you know, more than just how much they weigh, more than just their body, more than just their the color of their skin, more than just their uh, clothes they wear, more than just how they look, how they look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't just know somebody by looking at them Mm -hmm. that's not a way to live you have to you know really get to know them you have to talk to them because they have 
more than likely have a story to tell that you may not have known and to, had you not struck up a conversation with them. So you don't want people to put you into a box before they even get a chance to know you. You don't want them to label you. Exactly. Um, but like conversely, like if you're going into a setting, like, sir, I just want to know, is there any way that that setting can be the most inclusive? And I know every single person is different, but I mean, generally. I have to say it depends on the individual. As I said before, certain people have issues with noise and crowds. Um, I, on the other hand, have issues with noise and crowds from a different perspective, is that I also, besides having the autism, I also have anxiety disorder. So make crowds with a lot of noise combined make me nuts not just from the autistic perspective, but from the anxiety perspective. So the next thing I want to ask, um, if we were living in an ideal world where all neurotypes were celebrated automatically, naturally, unequivocally, mm. what would that look like? How can we as allies and friends make that world a reality? I have to say, as I said before, like, for instance, restaurants have their music so loud that people, not just autistic people, but just regular people have a difficult time in that environment because of the fact that they can't even hear their the conversation that's going on. So ideally, it is tough in the regular world in the world because of how some places don't always make the most sense with how it comes out. So what you're saying is like you think that places need to be more open-minded and accessible to, to like they have women. ramps for people with wheelchairs. They have automatic doors, but they only I have to say only when an event comes that's an autism friendly event is there um, accommodations, but in regular society, there's not accommodations. Hmm. And we talked to somebody before about this, as far as like ramps um, and being an like an ally yeah. in, in Pittsburgh, and just you know not having wheelchairs, but it's our responsibility to go into restaurants and say, you know, did you know that Amazon has you know wheelchair. Uh, ramps that you can buy and they're not that expensive yeah. that there's some things that you know we should be speaking up for so that the burden's not all there for somebody yeah. is there anything that you think we should be speaking into um, not only that is that Kennywood finally in umpteenth years now has not just koala care for babies they also have a changing station oh. for adults older adults mm -hmm. but the only thing I see that frustrates me is that Kennywood only has one handicap accessible ride oh. there is only one ride on that entire in that entire amusement <sighs> park that is wheelchair friendly is it the carousel no oh. it is the train oh. if you have an older adult who cannot transfer out of the wheelchair 
the only ride they can go on is the train because all the other ones do not have a way for a wheelchair to be put on to the ride. (laughs) And I feel that in this society that you have adult, young adults who have disabilities who would like to take part in some of these activities and they're confined and it's sad. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Yeah. 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 So almost being more aware of how we can help as individuals with general things that we should all be more aware of. That's like thinking of everybody instead of just you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to add on to that. One way we could do that is I'd love to see more uh, friendship circles planted throughout. I know there's other friendship circles throughout the United States, but it would be great to have like, like it's a lot of different friendship circles, like in every state or Could like I add something to what Alana said. There are in different states, but I happen to know one place that doesn't have it is Boca slash West Palm Beach does oh. not have it. Yeah, I know that too. Because I, I have a family who I'm very good friends with in Boca. Uh, and they would love to get their kids involved in Florida, but there's no there's no friendship circle in Boca slash West Palm. Yeah. Interesting. My cousins wanted to get involved, and they live down there, and there isn't one. So more friendships we'll have to make. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to advocate Absolutely. for more. You can never have too circles. many friendship circles. <laughs> so now we want to know a little bit more about you personally. Would you guys? care to share a favorite song or book or hobby that you like? I have a bunch of different hobbies, but one of the hobbies I've really been getting into is reading manga, which is a Japanese comic book. Oh, interesting. Like it's, they, there's a lot of like Barnes and Nobles now sells it. And it actually reads the same way as a Jewish prayer book, like from right to left. And, um, a lot of mangas have been translated to English and been in, been released and available in the U.S. from Japan. And um, I think that's really, I'm really into manga and, you know, Japanese culture. And I also watch some animes and I'm very big into like the old classic and 90s animes like Sailor Moon, Digimon and Pokemon, like the original stuff. So, super cool. That's super cool. I had no idea. <laughs> I have never read a comic book in my life, so maybe <laughs> you really can share cool. with me about that later. Spending time with my two-year-old nephew, Aww. who I am very—I have to say—is adorable and keeps me on my toes. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I'm sure that brings you lots of joy. I have to say. Just seeing him, just the smiles that he sees, that the perspective, what he sees from his angle, it's so different. Yeah. If you've ever taken the time to stand down at their le- a younger a child's level, it's so different. What they see, it, see the world versus us as adults. Yeah. 
I think it's so cool how young kids are, their perspective and everything is so pure and they have not yet like picked up on like social stigmas and other things like that. And they're very accepting. And I really like that about little kids. I nanny and I like being able to connect with them because they just, I don't know, they're so genuine and they have a lot to give to the world, I think. Um, So here at FC, our core mission is to be a good friend. How has your friendship and connection with others played a role in your life or journey? We definitely Um, touched on this, but I'm... I have to say just friendship circle in general has really helped. And one interesting story I have, one evening, I think I was about to go to a friendship circle event and I was grabbing dinner ahead of time. And I'm just sitting there eating about eating my dinner. I look up, one of the friendship circle friends is standing in front of me with his dinner plate. And this we were in a restaurant and he's sitting there, standing there with his dinner plate and wants to sit with me. And he leaves his mom at their table by herself because he wants to sit with me. So I then say to him, let's take, I'll take my plate. You and I will take our plates and go sit with your mother versus when I see the friendship circle friends in the neighborhood, it's just mesmerizing that they don't see that they have a disability they see themselves and they see how much happiness we bring to them like i'm just when i walk around the neighborhood i run into them i hear them sometimes will scream across the street (laughs) hello yeah alana how about you i can't even begin to describe how positively friendship circles impacted my life it's only that I really, I don't, especially during, and even now, I'm still, like, my grieving process with the loss of my grandfather, they were, everybody was, like, the members, this the, some of the members and, and my fellow staff were, like, super, super accommodating and nice and, like, very much you know, they were very much aware of the pain I was going through and the pain I'm still going through. And um, it was that moment. It's it's really that moment that really reminds me, though, that, you know, Friendship Circle has your back, no matter who you are, no matter how you attend, whether it's as a staff member or as a member or as a just a member like as a program goer, um, like they're always going to be there for you. It's, 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 it's become a second home to me and I can't imagine my life without the friendship circle. Thank you, Alana. We can't imagine it without you either. Yeah. Same goes for Heather. So nice to have such a community. Thank you, Alana and Heather for being willing to contribute and share your experiences. So in today's episode, we talked about Heather and Alana's challenges that they've faced over time, how they've changed, and what has brought them healing and what has helped them get through those situations. We hope that you will continue to grow with us as we share inspirational friendship and mental health stories and resources in our future episodes. If you'd like to hear more stories and episodes like this, subscribe to our podcast.
Wishing you well, and thanks for being a part of our friendship family. Signing off from Friends on Air.